Thanks to everyone who has supported us over at patreon.com slash boards and swords. If you like this episode and you want another episode next week, then you need to go check it out and get some additional content. It's Sunday, February 21st, 2021, and you're listening to Boards and Hello out there, everyone. Welcome to Boards and Swords. This is a podcast where we have some bad jokes, some good folks, and usually, sometimes, maybe never, some gaming talk every now and then. Who are those good folks? That would be me. I'm your host, Chris Renshaw. And then on the other side of the internet, we have the sweet sounds of my co-host, Mr. Philip Herbig. Well, hey there, everyone. How's it going this fine Sunday? <laughs> uh, you can't keep that up forever. I really can't. <laughs> I really can't. In fact, it was like I got to It's like, do I have to turn up the volume? Because <laughs> yeah, you went, you went, you went low when you. <laughs> so, anyways, um, at the top of the show, I just got to say, um, Newton was right. Um, when, when, you know, if you paraphrase Newton's first law, it said that the, the object in motion stays in motion an object at rest just doesn't want to get out of the recliner. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is definitely the case. You get that where like, you just get in the habit of not doing stuff and then you're like, oh yeah, we got a podcast. I should do something. I, I should do, yeah. I should like work on stuff for it. And then you put it off until the day before. Speaking of stuff I did for the podcast, let's flip over to some news. So I wanted to make this episode like really focus on on Black History Month since like it seems like there's been a couple of people doing some really good work highlighting some creators, but I felt like a lot of it got t- sh- tucked under the rug by a few scan like quote unquote scandals and like people okay. just being buttholes on the internet. So I was like, oh, I'll do news that like highlights. So the internet. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, well, it's the internet when it gets to the point where it just doesn't care anymore because we've been in, you know, pandemic so long. Yeah. Um, so I was going to like try and feature some of that. But then I realized that like if I really wanted to do that, I should have prepped like a month or two ahead of time and gotten like people to send me or, you know, like companies to send me like Kickstarters they were doing and stuff. Cause it's like, Oh, if I just look on Kickstarter as to who I think is black, then that's just an even worse problem. <laughs> right. You, you want to, you want to, you wanted to put some effort into this. Yeah. I didn't want to like half, you know, so, but we do have some stuff later, so we will get to that. Um, but right. I have like some standard kind of new stuff because there has the other thing is there was at least one story at the end that I, I really needed to talk about because it if because it's a game that was near and dear to my heart at one period of time. Uh, okay. But first, uh, we could say that uh, two creators have gone and let themselves start a new company. 
And that is that uh, Isaac Vega, who we have interviewed on this show before, uh, he was okay. the guy that did. He was the guy that made Ashes, and he did uh, Raxon, and like uh, I think he did Dead of Winter. I think he was responsible for that too. Um, but he and like a, uh, like a a good responsible or a bad finger waving responsible. Like it was it was his idea. Okay, all right, gotcha. Just the way you said responsible, like he was responsible for that. Well, I, I meant like that was his brainchild. Like I think that was one of his first games. It's his fault we have that awesome game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he and Lindsay Road started a new company called Rose Gauntlet Game or Entertainment. That, that's the joke. All right. Um, so they 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 announced this a couple weeks back. Um, the first game that's going to be there is uh, Keystone North America, which um, this it looks beautiful. Um, it's got the picture of that uh that screaming groundhog. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like the or no the 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 <laughs> like uh inti- um uh, overly excited one where it's like D-d-d-d-d-d-d. Oh yeah. Um This doesn't necessarily look like my type of game, but this looks like Colin and Cindy would be all over this. You know what I mean? But it yep. does it does have a crab. Is it a cave demon? <laughs> Uh, but they said that they're going to be there's there's going to be like other stuff coming that might be more in our tastes like uh, they're going to be doing a tabletop RPG called Life After Dungeon and it's a one to four player RPG. Think about okay. that. Uh, the battle is over. The journey is done and yet somehow the adventure continues step into the world of after rediscover what you left behind. Wait a minute. This is sounding like the World of Warcraft game I've been playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then again, I mean, you still got like awesome, like I, I'm, I'm really excited just because it's like it, 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 this is the equivalent of peanut butter and jelly. You know, it's like you have really good peanut butter and really good jelly or, or Reese's let's go. Reese's is a better option. You got really good peanut butter and you got really good chocolate, both really awesome on their own merits. And then you mix them together and you're like, this can only be good. And it's the reason I pay the fat boy tax to my health insurance. <laughs> uh, there's another one here. Uh, Gone to Gaia. It, it's a, uh, I think this is a video, oh, a video game actually that they have in the works. That's that, that popular okay. roguelike. Yeah. Cause I was looking at that and I just, so just looking at the three characters that are right there on yeah. the, on the artwork, I was like, Hey, I wonder if that's a little bit Destiny inspired. Yeah, it does look a little Destiny inspired. We've got like a Titan, a Hunter, and a Warlock. Well, I saw a twist to the roguelike genre, which I always have trouble figuring out what they mean when they say that, because I know it's a popular thing, and I've not played the big ones that everyone talks about, like Slay the Spire and uh, Hades is always what people, when they talk about roguelikes, whenever somebody describes it, I'm like, isn't that just Diablo? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, but apparently Diablo's like got traits of it, but it's not it. Yeah. Cause, cause like, I think you're, the I idea is the like true... that as you get deeper, you get more and more powerful by surviving. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a, a dun, a roguelike dungeon in world of Warcraft now called Torghast that does that. Oh, okay. You get to like the end and you've got like all these superpowered abilities. Like, Hey, if I death grip that rat, he explodes. <laughs> And when he explodes, he he like stuns everybody in the circle for you know. And then you fi- then you leave the dungeon, and you're like, oh, I don't get to keep that ability. 
Oh, that's lame. Yeah, but for like a few minutes, you're just like, I am unstoppable. <laughs> Phenomenal cosmic power. <laughs> Living space. Yeah. Hey, Mike Hargis, who one of our recent patrons is in the chat room. How All is right. it going, Mike? Uh, so you just started. We just uh, so speaking of games that uh, Colin and Cindy, or specifically Colin, was into. Uh, this next one uh, that that was a uh, Metal Gear. Apparently, Metal Gear turns out to be not so solid. Mm. And that is uh, so back in 2018, Actually, it says Pax Unplugged. It says. Uh, was was when they announced the Metal Gear Solid, the board game coming from IDW and designer Emerson Masucci. It was like coming 2019. Well, 2019 happened. 2020 happened. Still no game. Yeah. Uh, and then about a week ago, Masucci announced on BGG that the game is not coming to market anytime soon, Not at least not with IDW. So like they lost the license. So that's 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 disappointing. I know people that really like Metal Gear Solid and that franchise were really looking forward to this. But in the meantime, you could go play Spectre Ops because it's kind of a similar game. And I think Emerson Masucci did that one too. Okay. Um, I will yeah, say I though... I didn't like the hiding. I will say Metal Gear Solid does have like... the, the It has the record for me as the, the thing with the most WTF moment ever in a video game. And that's okay. when you get to the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 and just like the plot gets flipped on its head and you're like... Like I put the controller down afterwards. I'm like, what just happened? I don't know what just happened. Like it gets into some like deep QAnon type <laughs> like conspiracy stuff. Not like that exact, I, I, but I'm saying so like it, that realm of crazy. Was it was it two? I think it was Metal Gear. Was it was it two or three where you had to um you're fighting the one enemy boss and you had to plug your controller into player two's slot i think that so was one actually oh was that the very first one i think so okay yeah like i because I, I think that I th was a neat concept i think we brought this up before somewhere and i looked it up after you brought it up uh, did we okay i think yeah, that happens i i remember specifically having to look it up because something someone had said something about it something yeah something popped up yeah so uh, uh, for me all the metal gear games it was like the hiding i'm just like yeah. no i just want to barrel in and shoot things I do like that they had that be when they brought in uh, Solid Snake into Smash Brothers, and that was like his shield was the box. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, another thing that's that's happened in the past couple weeks is uh, Plat Hat has decided it's time to kick some ashes. But that is, we've been starting to see. I don't. I did not subscribe to the the the, the Ashes Reborn subscription, so I don't okay. know what the exact status is but they've been pushing hard the content releases of new ashes reborn stuff. So if it's not out, it's gotta be super duper close. Like they've been having the, the link we have in the note and then in the show notes is just one of these, one of these kind of preview pages. And then like Rodney did a new watch it played on, on how to play the new version of ashes. I've been seeing stuff about it all over the place. Team Covenant's been doing playthroughs on their channel all over the place. So just a lot of stuff happening. And I even sent gotta, it. Hmm? Gotta feel that hype train, man. Yeah. So, so Philip, have you gotten it? Because I sent it to you and you were asking me questions about it. Are you, are you getting curious at all? Um, not enough to open my wallet. <laughs> Y'all, all you gotta do is, it's, it's only like whatever, $30 or whatever to get that, 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 uh, 
Upgrade kit, man. It's all it takes. The, oh yeah, it's all it takes. Uh huh. I see itching over there too. I know. I tell you what. I tell you what, though. The the sad part is, is like I almost want to rebuy the game just to get this new box art. Like, how awesome is this box? Oh yeah, art? The, the box art was yeah. Bad. Like the original box art was fantastic, and then it's like uh-huh. this one's just epic. All right. Last story I've got for you. This is the one I like. I felt like I needed to talk about, and it, it, it's time for L five gone, and that bah, it. Bah, bah. Uh, FFG announced this week that they are ending the Legend of the Five Rings card game. So they're not they're they're not done with the property yet, as uh, Edge Entertainment still has like the the company still has the rights. They bought the the property, so like. It, it, it's a property that they can make content on. That's an IP that they own and don't have to pay rights to anybody. So they're going to do stuff with it. And I imagine, you know, like they had the, the one, uh, the one, then area control kind of game that was like a welcome to Roku gone, a battle for Roku gone or something like that. That, that was really the, I heard people talk really well about it, but the, the RP or the, the, LCG, I'm getting my acronyms all mixed up. The LCG has come and gone now. Really not surprised at all, but I am given a little bit of hope because they also announced the last the last, last expansion. The last expansion, which you're like, well, why would you play a game that that's coming to an end? But the last expansion is this premium expansion box under Fooling Shadow that features cooperative play. Which means that, like, you know, I mean, like, because basically the people I've gotten to play L5R, it's been like, hey, here's a deck, let's play. And I still have all those cards, and it doesn't mean those cards are useless because I don't have anybody else to, like, play against. But now I can pull out those decks and be like, hey, let's fight this, this, uh, over, you know, this Oni or whatever it is that they're going to have. And, you know, I've really gotten big into the the else the cooperative LCG, which is honestly where the format is the best. Um, mainly because, like, not everybody has to buy everything, you know? Like, when we play right. Arkham Horror, I, sure, I go all in and spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on getting everything. But, like, Mike, Corey, and Jimmy, they just be like, that's a cool game. Chris has got all the stuff. I don't need to buy anything. And we can have fun playing. Unlike L5R or any of the, the, the competitive LCGs they did where it's like, if we want to enjoy and have a good time, like, honestly, we both need to be having our a full set of cards or, or a decent set of cards. Yeah. And that was always the thing is like, not only that, but it was also the, the L5R was almost doomed from the beginning because the, 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 the issue was, and this is something that's happened a couple times the base core box was terrible by itself. If you only uh, bought one core box and you only played with one core box, it was a horrible experience. Like the games went like two hours long because you didn't have enough variety in cards. And the same thing happened when I played Game of Thrones with one box. Me and you, I think, played Game of Thrones together that one time. Uh, the Squadron mini movement game? Uh, No. The Game of Thrones... No, no, no. You're thinking of the tabletop game, but there was also a card game that we played. Uh, that was Simon. There was a card game one oh. that we played long time ago, back in like 2015, so I won't forget you, if, or I won't blame you if you don't remember it. But um, 
it was just kind of like, this is okay, but it's just a generic 1v1 game. It was kind of like, I think we were both kind of on the same page. But when you play it with, I've gotten a couple of core boxes and I've been able to make two solid decks. And for a while, Jimmy and I were playing 1v1 Game of Thrones back like a couple years ago. We'd play every now and then. And that was fun. But it's just the same thing where it's like one box does not, for a competitive LCG, you can't get along with just one box so oh, yeah. well, I mean, so we had we had to do that with X-wing. Yeah, yeah. Like, X-wing the first did thing it. Thing you had to do was buy two core sets. X-wing did it, but like here's the thing: like Netrunner did it too. Like to build a fully custom, like a fully competitive deck, you really needed like two or three core boxes. However, the core box game of Netrunner was fan still fantastic on its own. Like even like you you couldn't have gone you probably couldn't have gone to tournaments in one like you would have needed more cards for that but it like when we were playing I know I don't think you ended up because you're not a big fan of the asymmetric stuff right but I was flabbergasted when we first played it which you could still find on the stream or on the YouTube channel uh, when we streamed that. And it's like two, it was two hours on that time because it was a lot of like flipping through the book of like what is that and, th- and what is that learning, term yeah. what does that term mean because like your deck wasn't your deck it was like your your heap or your you know your stack so yeah Mike talks in the in the chat saying that cooperative LCGs last longer than the competitive ones and this is why because not every single person needs to buy everything <laughs> you need only like for a group of four you need at least one set. And that's it. Whereas in a group of four of a competitive, you need multiples. Yeah, almost. And that's the other thing is like to have a competitive, like you can have a hardcore group of four people playing a competitive or a cooperative LCG. A hardcore group of four paying a coop or a competitive one just doesn't hold up water. You need at least like eight to re- be able to have like tournaments and that sort of thing. Whereas the game, the co- the competitive games are designed around like one to four player experiences. So, yeah, I get there's there's all sorts of there's all sorts of things about about this that I have so many thoughts. I I, I could do a video on it. I've just I don't know how I would do it. I could do an article. I could do videos. All sorts of stuff. Like they could have. They could have fixed this like even before the pandemic, like two years or, you know, when they decided to do the Marvel champions route of like, hey, we're going to make heroes as their own decks. They could have been like, oh, by the way, we're going to take this setup and we're going to use it for L5R too, where instead of releasing six packs with all the clan cards mixed in, we're going to make six or seven packs, each pack being a different clan and each one is a separate deck. So you want to play you just go buy this one fifteen twenty dollar deck you know like ashes did that when they did the uh-huh. expansions each expansion was a full deck but if you bought them then you could deck build and do whatever you want that's what this game needed you know where i can say hey fifteen dollars you're in the game instead of saying hey eighty dollars 120 dollars and you're in the game <laughs> and you'll be uh no 120 dollars and you're yeah i mean you're kind of that gets you the core set stuff yeah <laughs> Uh, Mike also Do says we, the new descent looks meh. I disagree. That one looks pretty legit. I mean, it it, it does look like what if Fantasy Flight did Gloomhaven, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we need more more on that one. So, uh, and with that, 
that's all the, that's all the news we have. So, hey, box art kind of looked like uh Are you talking about Descent? Yeah, box art kind of looked like uh, Diablo. Yeah, it does. Uh Mike says don't like the minis. Do you uh, so you don't like that the style of the minis or that it has minis cuz Descent's always had minis and we're going to go to fisticuffs if you're talking about like the fact that there's minis in it. But if it's this art style, that's, you know, that's an art thing. Everyone has their, their choices. But, um, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is, uh, I actually played a board game. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I, I, on any given week, I always do play at least one board game because mm-hmm. I always have our, our Arkham horror meetup where we, we play, we play Arkham Horror once a week, and we just finished up uh, the first big campaign, the Dunwich Legacy, which is really cool because it was the first campaign I've repeated, and I was always curious how the repeats went. Like I've I've repeated scenarios a couple of times. This is one like I already knew, quote unquote, how the story ended, but yet I still had just as enjoyable time. A because it had been a year, so I'd forgotten some of the finite details. Like I knew some of the basic themes, but I'd forgotten like. Oh man, is this the one where it hap- where you know we need this thing to you know? So I couldn't metagame it too too much, but even mm-hmm. if you could, the way the game is, it just works really well for replays because um, there's they'll have different versions of the same locations so that you don't always get the exact same version of each location. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be like, pick one of these two, put it into place, set the other one aside. So you may get the other one. You know, you got like a fifty fifty shot of getting the same thing um so that's cool also we played uh one of the the new exits the the escape games i got uh the family to play it was the enchanted forest um very fairy tale themed it it definitely it kind of played like a like imagine if you took an escape room and made it kind of like um once upon a time ish like the show Okay. Where it's like set in a fairy tale setting with all the fairy tale people in it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was very cute. However, like it was kind of like cute in the sense of, did they make this for like people to play with their kids? Because I don't know if the kids would have gotten the puzzles or did they do it to just kind of be cutesy to where right. like you could play it with like teenagers and it might be something that they'd be into. So that was the one thing. Um, I mean, it was a solid game. It. The only problem is, is we the the middle the middle puzzles were challenging. I mean, this was like a level two or three, but you know, we it had been a while since we'd done one, so I didn't want to overwhelm them with like a super hard one. Right. The first and the last puzzle it took us forever to figure out. Like the puzzles in between took about as much time as you would expect for us to like hmm what about this and what about that and then like oh okay we'll figure this out but the first and last puzzle there was just like a lot of time spent just kind of what about this nope that's not right what about nope that's not right that ain't right either just so much time and then it finally just like clicked and you're just oh i don't know what it was i don't know if it's just us or if they design it feels that way because at first I was like, well, maybe the first puzzle was just hard because we're getting our brains back into thinking like that. But then right. the last puzzle, it was like the same way. And it was just like, uh, like there were like, we had kind of like the piece, we had like all the pieces in the right way. It was just, 
minor details of we were reading things wrong or didn't look at something a right way. And it's like, oh, we should have done this. Right. And Mike goes, exit games are what my wife and I do on date night at a restaurant or bar. It's fair. Although there's like so much going on. I don't, I, I could see that being distracting for the time wise. Like, cause you're, you're wanting to do, you got a timer for a score. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you finish in time, but just like, you got it trying to do well and to give you that like escape room pressure. But I don't know, like all the, the noise I think would be too distracting feel like it'd be hard to focus on like an escape room type game. Yeah, I can see that. But it's definitely well, the right table space first, size. Just distracts the waitress. <laughs> first off, you never finish. Yeah. So uh how's Destiny 2 going? Um it's going pretty great. <laughs> yes. So what do y'all uh, do? like I'm ass- are y'all max level at this point? Uh n- so it's uh, How does that work? So the the way it works is there's like a uh, there's like a minimum power level recommended to play end game content. Yeah, but isn't it like you level to a certain point and then it switches to power level, um, like gear score basically? Well, uh, so I don't think so. I think they got rid of levels in general. They oh, okay. they pulled a cataclysm is what they did. Yeah, because um, like when I. Uh, I did. I did start two new characters just to have, because um, there's like some character specific gear that you can like access. So I can. My main has like all the money and stuff, and I buy the character specific stuff, put it in the bank, and then give it to the other guys. Um, but they. So like you start off, your your like light powered abilities are completely unlocked. You don't have to go through missions to like unlock the different segments of the power tree anymore. Okay. Like you, yeah, like uh, the traveler is completely alive and well. Um, there's a bunch of maps are just missing. Like there was this map that was basically you're you're on was it Io? Like you could go to Mercury. Mercury's not there anymore. Um, Io, that map's not there anymore. <laughs> which was it was basically. It was like a water world, and you're jumping around on these uh, oil rigs almost the whole missions. Yeah, so like everything's completely changed. The, uh, but yeah, so you jump in, and um, so like the minimum end game for this this is season thirteen is uh, power level twelve fifty. Okay. And um, there there is some cool stuff floating around. There's an artifact that you have that levels up as. Uh, it gains experience. There's um season experience. So that's kind of like a level up type thing. That goes up to a hundred. The artifact normally goes to like twelve. And that has different mods you can slot into your armor and all that kind of stuff. So I mean we've been having a blast doing it. Nice. So are you all it's, the way up for the current season or are you still catching up? Uh how do you mean? Like you said there's like a current season, you oh, know. Th- there's like a there's like a an experience bar. That has a hundred levels on it mm-hmm. for every season, and um, I mean the season only popped on it's every Tuesday, so the ninth is when the new season started. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were saying like to do this season's worth of content, you had to be at this level, basically. Oh no, no, no. I mean for for end game content, it's recommended that you be at twelve fifty. But I mean you can you can be running around at power level twelve hundred. 
and you just die a lot. And you're past that at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we're we're well past that. Now we're we're working on like slowly eking out. Okay, like all right, kill some stuff. Hey, this is this is two power level points higher than what I'm wearing. Let me attach that. Yeah. And then like the average of everything you're wearing pops up, and you're like, ooh, I gained one power. All right, there we go. I- I'm doing the end game. World of Warcraft stuff. Trust me, I know the feeling. Yeah. Where it's like, yep, this item level is like seven points higher. Now let's let's. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my gear score didn't go up at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the, the next, but the next one made me go up a level. The one thing we're getting uh, kind of annoyed about is there are um, exotics in the game, uh, and you can only ever have one, one, one piece of armor and one weapon. Mm. And I mean, I like so I. I I can kind of understand that stuff, but like the, the armor we're looking at, like I, I found this one armor that um, it automatically reloads my auto rifles. So like as I'm shooting, I'm like, okay, I went through all 43 rounds. Why am I fire? Oh, cause it reloads like five rounds every two seconds into the bag for me. So that's, that's actually a fun piece of armor. I like running around with. I saw a video today of a guy who had, um, so I have this auto rifle. It's basically um, it's it's a Gatling gun, and it's got a hundred fifty round magazine. Takes forever to reload, but if you walk over um, a primary ammo drop, it automatically reloads up to its full capacity. Well, apparently there's a piece of exotic ammo running around, or there's like a mod you can attach to your armor, um, exotic armor or a mod that just Every time you kill an enemy, primary ammo drops. So you basically just have unlimited ammo until the whole battle ends. Nice. And uh, I, I, need, I need to find it. So, FYI, if you yeah. ever need extra people for Destiny 2, uh, you know the guild that we were a part of when we were playing WoW, AIE? Aliyah Eacta Est. Yeah, they have a Destiny 2 group. On, or they have like, uh-huh. well, they have uh, on their on their Discord server. They have a nomad section, which is like people that kind of float around to different games. Like, and then there's a channel for Destiny Two that you can just go in and talk Destiny Two with people. Like, there's a Division Two channel and a couple other things. You know what? While we're here talking about it, <laughs> I'm gonna look them up. <laughs> but yeah, the the that's the that's the group. I still am in their guild for for World of Warcraft. And it's kind of funny because I'm in like the same boat with a lot of the the progression stuff. Like I uh, I this is like the first time ever I have fully beat a a raid on schedule. Like when the when the content came out. Okay. Like normally, whenever I beat when I've ever done a raid in the past, it's either months after it's come out to where. They're like, hey, we've got these high-powered guys. If anyone's never seen this content, come and it won't be as difficult. Or it's when I'm like 20, 30 levels above and I can just go in and solo kill everything. <laughs> that's that's usually the way it works for me. Yeah. Um, but now they've got that uh, they've got the LFR. Um, plus, there was the new braid thing that I talked about. I did with the the guild group, which I did for one. I've done like once or twice. Um, I was going to do it last night, but I screwed myself over. So like I was all set to do it. Ashley's like, are you going to be raiding with the guild tonight? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try. And then, you know, they're like, okay, be on at like 1030 to 1045. 1045 is when invites go out, blah, 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 blah. 1045 comes. 
I don't see, I even like, hey, I've invites, or somebody was like, has invites got out yet? And then I don't see anybody say anything, like 1050 rolls are wrong. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I'm like, maybe I need to update Greenwall. Like I'm not seeing everything, which to some people, because our guild is so huge, it's actually made of like eight different guilds that someone wrote an add-on that links all the guild chats together. And so that's when I realized that when I installed WoW on the new computer, I installed every add-on except for Greenwall that I was using. And so by the time I closed WoW, installed Greenwall, then logged back in, and I was like, hey, is there any spots? It was all full. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. But the way way that works is they anybody that wanted to get in that didn't gets put on the list for automatic invites for the next week. Okay, that's good. So, um... But yeah, but like, yeah, the, the final boss finally got uh, got released about like three weeks ago. And so I managed to kill that fight. That was kind of cool because it's all about this like because it's it's the, the vampire place I was talking about. That's all like repent of your sins. So the boss is like, you must repent of all your sins. I can or like, you know, release your sins and you will, you know, it, it's a very kind of uh very gothic would probably be the best way to say gothic looking raid. All right. Really kind of cool though. Um, but besides that, I've done that, the LFR, which you get a bunch of people. I mean, you're, it's like randoming a dungeon. So it's got its pluses and minuses, but at least I get to see the, the raid. <laughs> it's also like the lowest difficulty to do it. Like I'm to the point where if I do any of the dungeons on like mythic difficulty, they give me like 10 item levels, 10 higher than the LFR level raid because that's how low LFR raids are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-oh. What? So I found the AIE site. Yeah, they took away. And... Uh, I'll have to get with you afterwards on how to get in with that. Okay. Because well, they re- when, gives me a when Disc- timeout. Yeah, when they went to the new the the Discord instead of using the the uh, application stuff, they changed things up. Okay. Well, because like I, I clicked on the Discord. Up, oh, and he's gone. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. Yeah, I um, I didn't pay attention to what I was randomly clicking on <laughs> and joined a voice channel. <laughs> it was an empty voice channel, though. So. <laughs> nice. Talking to myself for like three seconds. <laughs> Hero? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, well, I won't dawdle. I mean, World of Warcraft has been what, I, what I've been doing the most of, but I won't dawdle on it too much. Um. Because I know people, maybe I'll talk about it more in the bonus stuff. Uh, however, I will. Let's get over to the kind of the topic I wanted to talk about, and that is, you know, we've got, we've got all the, you know, it's 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 Black History Month, and you know, we always try and show. We, we always, at least here on the podcast, we love inclusiveness and diversity. So I just kind of, what could we do? sort of thing and we were talking with the the, the slack people and you, because to most people a designer is just a name on a box so you don't have any idea what that person's like or their background any of that stuff so i thought hey wouldn't it be nice if we just kind of went in and um thankfully bgg's been doing this like spotlight on black 
content creators and board game creators. So I kind of, I still, I saw some of this from that. So I've, I pulled those pages and I just kind of, I scrolled through and picked out like people that were in some of the realms of games that we play, like specifically me and you or anybody that we've talked about on the podcast. Okay. Um, and, and brought and brought them stuff out here. And of course I got to get started with the obvious. And that is of course, when anybody thinks, you know, minority creators, Eric Lang is pretty quick to come up because he's a very popular and is probably like 75% of my collection at this point. Cause you know, you got, you got bloodborne, you got the, the new game Ankh, which I've got coming, uh, Cthulhu death may die. Uh, he actually did the starter set for that, uh, a song of ice and fire. Uh, cause he was, he was with Simon at the time that, that miniatures game we played. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's all, that's all fair and good there. Um, I see Munchkin on the screen. Yeah. You didn't the Munchkin dungeon. Um, uh, hmm. You, right. I thought yeah. we talked about, I was surprised you didn't back it back this. It's basically like Arcadia quest almost with, with Munchkin characters or like a oh, Zabba yeah. side with Munchkin characters. That's uh, right there. I think there were. I think there was a Power Rangers Kickstarter running parallel to that. So yeah, I think there was some there was something went. going on because I, I remember like, hey, didn't you back this? And you're like, yeah, I would. But and also shout out to Daniel Chadwick's in the chat. Uh, so other games he's done. I mean, like Rising Sun, Blood Rage, Arcadia Quest, uh, even Dice Masters. You remember Dice Masters? Yeah. Uh, he and then uh, which I never played <laughs> ever. You bought, bought it and that, never. <laughs> I bought that box with uh, Sinestro <laughs> the, and Hal Jordan. Yep, the War of the Light packs. I don't even have that stuff anymore. I sold all mine. That was as far as I got. <laughs> you sold dice? Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Who are you? Uh, someone that made some money off of it. I don't even know you. Anymore. So that's that's like an obvious like duh. So I have some other people here. So we've got. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce these rice, but we have uh, Tim. I'm going to say Mativier. I'm assuming. Uh, I'll go with that. But kind of scrolling through here, there's, there's a lot of games. And the reason I brought this up is because one of the games on here is uh, Meeple Party is on here. I'm trying to, th- I don't know if he's actually, okay, because I thought it was like a game, but he may have just helped promote it. But Meeple Party was a game that Colin and Cindy reviewed on the podcast. But like games like, um, you know, business and like Las Vegas. See, that's the, the weird thing that because they mixed content creators and industry people and this, it was a little hard sometimes. So I may have messed up in some regards, uh, but here's some, we definitely know uh, Eric Slauson, who's been on the podcast. Uh, we had him on here uh, or we didn't have him on the show. I take that back. It was like the last episode that we had Colin and Cindy on where I was talking about tattoo stories and he was in the chat reacting to us talking about tattoo stories. All right. So, um, there you go. That's, that's one. And also his, he's had a new game coming out. That's a mon monstrosity. So it's months monstrosity, but like draw city monstrosity. So you got that. Uh, he's got like a new game coming out. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it mentioned before, but a nerd word science. Uh, each round, the lead scientist chooses a term with a hidden pool of science words, then reveals a series of one-word clues associated with the science term. Then you must begin with a different letter each with each first letter. 
if neither team figures out the term, then they get a final clue. Um, so kind of, it's like a, a science and it's like, it's like a science code names esque sort of All game. Right. I say code names just like the one word clue type thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, then of course we've also had on the show, Amari Akil. Yep. With rap gods and hoop gods. Yep. 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 So I will, I'll, br- I'll brush over that one quick. One, I, here's one I didn't know about, and I was kind of shocked the most that I just never knew this. And that was Damon Stone has played like a lot of games that I've played, and I just never knew. I, in fact, most of the time, he's one of those like sub designers on there, like maybe not the first name that appears on the list. So I didn't even know. But like, he's basically like the FFG, L- one of the FFG LCG guys. Cause like he did Netrunner, he did L5R. We were just talking about uh, mm-hmm. the original Game of Thrones, a card game. I don't know if I saw the new, the second edition, um, but he definitely did the first edition of the LCG for a Game of Thrones, and then the Call of Cthulhu card game that they had before they did Arkham. So yeah, like a lot of a lot of like big FFG stuff, and I was like, oh, I've played that, I've played that. <laughs> So it was like, and then Netrunner being the biggest one, I actually, um, uh, Paul Grogan, um, who you may not remember his name, but the guy that taught us, uh, what was the game we played? Adrenaline at Gen Con. The, 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 and of course you probably don't remember what the game was called, but it was a game we played where it was, it was basically simulating a first person shooter in a board game and you were running on like a space station with like guns and stuff. Okay. The guy that taught us that is Paul Grogan. He does a chan- awesome channel called uh, Gaming Rules, where he does. It's like a, a like a another person that does rules videos type stuff. But he actually worked or did some work with uh, uh, with Damon, and was I was like, oh wow, someone that like actually knows the people I'm talking about here. That's always nice, <laughs> right? Uh, so then that, and then I think the last one I have on here is Damon Sadler, who. A lot of these games, he, he some of his games are probably the most popular because of where you find them and that he's uh he works for like Mattel. And okay. you know, so like uh people he does he's involved in a lot of like the Uno versions that come out. Um but the, specifically why I included him on this list is he also did a little game that Phil and I, Philip and I played once called Pictionary Air. <laughs> Uh, and that is, oh, the, there it goes. Get the screen here going. Pictionary Air, um, where if you haven't played this, this is actually really fun to play. I got this at a, I didn't even plan on it, but I got it like one of those white elephant swap things. And oh. it's it's definitely fun. It's definitely a great game to play with like a family that doesn't play board games. So like you may not be able to get them to play Catan, but everybody knows Pictionary. And this one's just goofy enough that, it gets everybody laughing to the point where the, you know, um, because you've got basically a little pen and on someone's tablet or screen or something, it'll appear like they're drawing in the air, what they think. And then like behind them on the screen, everybody else sees what they're drawing and you're trying to guess the word. And it just, a lot of goofiness, (laughs) goofiness happens with that. I have to see. Yeah, and what was it? it says sample at Gen Con 2019, but I want to say it was 2018. Well, no, you didn't go to 2018, did you? 
Uh, no, 18 was what I missed. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I don't remember it being 2019 when we tried it. Well, maybe. But it would have had to have been 17 at that point. And yeah. I feel like that was way. So it must have been. Yeah, because it says Pictionary Air was like a 2020 release. Which I got at the end of 2019, so it must have been a 20. It must have been 2019 we saw it. I have to find. I have to find the picture of Philip and put it in the show notes or something. So yeah, that's the the kind of and it's not a complete list, but honestly, I, I it, it's not. It's definitely not a complete list, and there's definitely a lot more people that we could have talked about here. But I at least wanted to devote some time to it. And we've been a little off on our episodes, so getting the energy to do stuff, but anything's better than nothing when trying to highlight diversity at this point. So um, with that, Philip, uh, why don't you tell people when, what kinds of things you think we're going to talk about in the uh, in the bonus bits that'll convince people they should go subscribe for a dollar? Uh, so uh, in the bonus bits... Um I mean, what don't we talk about, Chris? That's, What's kind of like, what cool things have you been doing recently that we're in the... Um, I already talked about all the cool stuff I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I play Destiny. Uh, and I eat macaroni and cheese. All right. But what Philip's trying to say is that if... Huh? No, carry on. What Philip's trying to say is that after we shut down this show, we're going to keep talking for a little bit and we've got like I've got some comic stuff we could talk about, you know. I've got some show stuff that we've been watching, and all that. If so, if you've been curious of like what kinds of comics do they read, what kinds of TV shows do they watch, and that sort of thing, then you need to go to Patreon.com/slash/BoardsAndSwords and just back for a single dollar, and you get access to those bonus bits episodes, which I've staggered them so that they come out a week after the podcast. So in essence. When we get back to a regular schedule, you'll have a different episode every week, which hopefully now that we're getting out of like the cold pits of hell that we'll, we'll as we're starting to, to, to dethaw a little bit, we'll, we'll start having the regular content. I think Sunday night's the night. This seems to work best for, for getting together and getting stuff done and not having you race home right after work. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then we've got we've got a couple of feedback things, or a couple of the the, the community bits. All I, right, all right. Uh, specifically, uh, I think it was Daniel Chadwick. Actually, he decided to go all uh, inside the actor's studio on us. Should have pulled. Are this. we gonna Are we gonna get some fancy chairs and a table? Then we have to. <laughs> uh, where did I see it? There it is. Pull up his. All right, stealing an idea from the actor studio and James Lipton. Here is a list of quick questions. Favorite gaming component, dice, minis, cubes, or etc. I mean, it's got to be dice, right? Digital apps. Digital apps? Now, you mean digital versions or digital helper apps? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, least favorite gaming component. Stupid wooden dice. I hate wooden dice. They're just so bad. Somebody, we were talking about this. The, the the they came out with a new Zombicide. The 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 I forgot what it's called. But it's basically a Western Zombicide, 
And it looked kind of cool because there's actually a train track on the side of the board and there's a tra- a mechanic where a train will come through. And if you can get zombies to pour out onto the train track, it'll come through and crush the zombies. I was like, okay, okay th- that's kind of cool. I don't like Western games, but that's kind of cool. Um, but then I saw like for thematic purposes, I guess they had wooden dice. I'm like, I'm out. Have Khan and Cindy bought it yet? No. Okay. <laughs> not enough not enough into the uh the the to jump on the Simon train. I oh, tried okay. I tried, trust me, I tried. It's western. I know. The wooden dice is an optional buy. Oh, it looked like it was listed in the main components. I still need to finish painting my Black Plague <laughs> 5 years later. Mm. What about you, Philip? Least favorite gaming component? Um least favorite gaining component mm-hmm. um i would say and okay so i got i got spoiled by the uh um by the broken token terraforming mars mm. player boards yeah and so it's like player boards that don't have like specific spaces that yeah that don't have something to contain the little things you need to keep on there it's a fair point i mean ev- even if it's just like you know, a five piece of paper thick thing with a couple of hollowed out bits. That's perfect, man. Like it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be all nice premium laser cut, like broken token. Just give me something that'll, Hey, you need to keep this little marker on this spot. Okay. And then somebody breathes funny and it flies away. Right. That was one of the, Oh, which I did put with the, cause that was one of the things when, um, when I the very first Kickstarter I ever backed that Ruby board game, yep. Um, the, one of the stretch goals was player board thicker player boards with cutouts, and they shipped all the games out because it was a it became an unlock for every single person who backed. And they shipped out the game, and they were like, "Uh, hey, you're gonna be getting a second tracking number from us because we forgot to put all those in there." <laughs> Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of Kickstarters. Hey, you remember Millennial Blades? Uh, yes. Or Millennium Blades, Millennial Blades. I got in this huge giant box. I have st- still haven't opened yet. Uh, I just got this in like Thursday or Friday. This all right. Huge. I think this is supposed to contain like all of it. Because one oh. of these boxes feels like really light and the other one feels really heavy. So I think one of them is like the old, uh, the, the old, like an empty box to put all your old stuff. And then the other one is the, the new box. Okay. Oh. Hey, that looks pretty sweet. So it's like, sweet. I got in a Kickstarter of a game I can't play because Ashley and Chloe are not going to play it. <laughs> and you can't really play it remotely. Yeah. That'd be cool if they could. I mean, there's, there's ways, but. It wouldn't be the same. Oh. Yeah. Uh, favorite and least favorite color. I don't really have a least favorite. I'll play just about anything, but red's like favorite. Um. Uh, yeah. Red, red was always my go-to. Uh, and then I, uh, if I can't get that, I get green. Yeah. I usually go black is my next, is my number two. And then like primary colors. <laughs> like then it's like blue and then it's like yellow or then green. Uh, favorite thing to yell in frustration. I don't think I can say on this show <laughs> because yeah. it's usually a curse word. 
I don't. Uh, I don't know if that's we my. Don't a, we don't have a bleep on the soundboard. Chris. I don't think that's a favorite thing to yell. It's just the thing that I yell the most. It's 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 the. Uh, remember that Futurama episode where they couldn't remove a bomb from Bender, so they just switched oh, it yeah. to his least used word yeah. ever. <laughs> it's like Chris's most used word <laughs> in frustration. Uh, favorite thing to do while waiting for your turn? I don't know. While waiting for my turn. Depends on the game. Yeah, that does depend on the game. If it's 100% like hundred percent depends on the game. <laughs> if it's D and D and we're playing like with like ten of us around the table, it's going to be pulling out my phone. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, going through a mobile game on my phone <laughs> while I'm waiting for my turn to come back around. If it's uh, if it's something like if it's something where everyone else's turn is going to affect what happens on my turn, then I'm one hundred percent paying attention. Yeah. And also trying to, if it's Star Trek Ascendancy, I'm trying to influence people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then he also has uh, what sound annoys you or enjoy. I'm going to skip that just because I don't really have an answer other than just a lot of sound, you know, like not being able to hear. Unexplained electrical humming in your headphones. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, What flips your table? What's your breaking point in game? Uh, there's only been a couple of times where I felt like I legitimately might flip this table. And I think it had to be in like legacy games, bring this out specifically Seafall, Seafall and Charterstone. Those were big on the, I'm going to flip this table Hmm. mainly because you know, you're behind, you know, like, you know, you're behind in like the overall game. Or, or you have an idea and like you've, it takes you a while to get things set up. You have to st- like uh, get your engine going in a specific way. And you're like one turn out from like scoring a bunch of points and somebody fix or somebody just hits the end condition and it doesn't come back around to you to where, you know, oh, like, okay. like, well, that was a waste. Yeah. Then there's been like, so like. And it, it was, you were so focused on getting your engine going and trying to get it going like as fast as possible. Cause you know, the end of the, like you can tell the end of the game is coming. Like, you know, there's not that many turns. So it's like, okay, I just need one more turn, one more turn. I got this one more turn. And then like, it would always be like biker. Jimmy would have it like, up. Oh, I've finished the game or I've crossed this line. So the game's over and I've just, ah, like that was like legitimately I get up and just walk away because I just felt like I was going to flip the table. And I even went, when I came back, I'm like, not angry at you for what you did. I'm just angry at the fact that the game got us to this point. <laughs> I'm just angry at the circumstance. I'm not angry at you personally. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, I was mad. Uh, I, I don't really have like table flip moments. It's just more of a I. I become kind of apathetic toward the toward playing the game of <laughs> where it's like suddenly the mobile game beca- on your phone becomes a lot more interesting, a whole lot more interesting. But it, like if um I'm like there if I get to the point where I'm feeling like there's absolutely nothing I can do mm. to um like every single move I make somebody has a counter that they can immediately pop. And it's like all a, my turns just become a waste of time. Why am I still playing? Yeah. Oh, like that moment in uh, in uh, that cosmic encounter game from years ago when like 
there was like nothing you could do until there was that one term where you convinced us that you needed help or you weren't going to be able to do anything. Like you had like no ships or anything. They were like all in the warp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's still one of those goes that goes down in history just because you had got you got us so good. We all like, yeah, we'll pile in, we'll help you, bring you back out, so you because we all knew you weren't enjoying it. And then it's just like you just crushed us. <laughs> like all these ships are now like, ah, got you now, suckers. I'm not. <laughs> and dirtbag of the year award goes. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. <laughs> oh, that's prob that's probably a good place to stop. Uh, so if you've got comments, questions, things you want us to talk about, if you've got things you want us to see, links to Kickstarters you're interested in, uh, other questions you'd like to see us answer. We there was somebody that posted a great topic uh that we I'll have to take note and put it in a new uh, episode here in the future. Um, but like anything, any sort of feedback, comments, questions, anything, either you can you can follow us on social media, send it to me there. Feedback at boardsandswords.com is actually the best place to, to respond because then I've got it saved in one place. But anywhere is fine. Um, but with that, I think it's time to roll that beautiful bean footage. And that's our show for tonight, folks. Uh, if you love this and you want to watch us live, uh, we record. Uh, yeah, so we're getting back on a schedule, and um, it'll be on slash live when yep. we do finally commit to something. Yeah, I have uh, to. I got to go through and change the calendar. If you like what we're doing here and you want to see more of us, check out our other show, The Dirt Bags of Holding. Uh, that's where we've played um, all of the amazing RPGs that are out there. And uh, we completely frustrate our game masters and completely mess the game up. It's all a good time. All right. You can email us, like I said, Facebook or feedback at boardsandswords.com. You can send us comments and questions. Uh, we're also on social media. Facebook.com slash boardsandswordspod is our official Facebook page. You can also find me on Twitter at boardsandswords or on Instagram at boardsandswordschris. And you can find me on Twitter as Bill the Dirtbag. This podcast is also a part of Punchboard Media for other great gaming podcasts. Make sure you check out punchboardmedia.com. And thank you for listening. Once again, please check out patreon.com slash boards and swords to help support the show. And we will back be back in X number of weeks <laughs> with another show. Like I said, I'll update the schedule. So everybody have it out there. In the meantime, remember that every gamer has a story, and I spaced all those words out because I did know what I was going to say. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>